just Malcolm Byron. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Ellen K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. You know, some Mondays it's hard. It's hard to wake up in the morning. The alarm goes off and... You know, it's been it's been a weekend, and 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 you know, you're coming in, and you go, all right, it's a Monday. What what are we going to talk about? It's, it can be a bit of a grind. I think everybody has that in their job, but then, then, ladies and gentlemen, there are Mondays when you're up before the alarm, and you say, you know what? Forget the alarm. I'm ready to start living this day and embracing this day. And that is me today, December fifth, twenty twenty two. At 610, and we live today in a red state when it comes <laughs> to basketball. Good morning. Welcome to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. And no, it was not a dream. Nebraska basketball right here on KLIN goes into the CHI Center in Omaha and knocks off a top 10 team in Creighton and has the lead the vast majority of the game, wins the game by double digits, and all of a sudden changes the trajectory of a season and a program that just didn't have happiness in it. It just didn't for years. And all of a sudden, my, do things look different and feel different. And yes, this fan base, if you are especially fans of Nebraska football and Nebraska basketball. It has been an absolute wasteland for trying to find joy in sports for seven years. Seven years. You felt actual sports joy if those are your two primary favorite teams on a handful of occasions in seven years. And now you get, I would say, for me at least, in that time period, maybe the two best or top five best moments in that time within a 10-day period. With Nebraska football beating Iowa when nobody expected it, and Nebraska basketball beating Creighton when nobody expected it. And yes, it did happen. It isn't a dream, and we are excited here at KLIN. Um, Yeah, we're going to talk about this today. Uh, we are going to enjoy. We've got a lot of other stuff too. We'll get into all the news of the morning as well. But as soon as that game was over, in addition, Caleb to just tweeting nonstop and just yeah. bathing in the aftermath of that game, everything I could do. I've seen the game now probably two and a half to three times. I've watched it. It's getting to the point like when I watch uh, it's like when I watch Tommy Boy or Office Space and I know the lines uh, of every scene. That's that's what that is with that game for me. But the, the game was over and I took myself away from like I said immersing myself in the aftermath of the win for just a moment to send some texts and make some calls and was able to get a hold of uh, the uh, the higher-ups at Nebraska basketball, and I confirmed Fred Hoiberg to be on our show yes. today. I think I think for the first time. Um, I, I might have had him on at the very beginning of his career. I probably did. Um, but during, season, during the season, I mean, let's face it, guys, it's been a slog the last several seasons with him, and it, it, it just didn't feel, you know, 
it didn't feel like it was going to be a real upper to delve into Nebraska basketball with him. But he found something last night with this team and building this team that worked. And Nebraska goes out and uglies it up against Creighton. And I'm fine saying that. Uglies it up, plays great defense, out hustles Creighton to get rebounds, and has a guy in Derek Walker and Sam Griesel who, down the stretch, they didn't they didn't have guys who could guard them. Bottom line, they did not have guys who could guard Derek Walker and Sam Griesel. Uh, the Lincoln kid come home. The Lincoln East Spartan come home uh, with a mission in particular to win this game. And it all happened, and what a great Sunday! And so, yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot to get into from that. Um, just the last a, time, a crazy night. Last time Nebraska beat Creighton in the regular season in Omaha was nineteen ninety five. Yep, yep. It was not the CHI Health Center. Ninety five. It was not the Quest Center. It was the. It was at the Civic, probably the Civic. Yeah, it was at the. Uh, it was at the Civic, and. Even the last time they beat him in Omaha, they played him in the NIT in the Nate Johnson game, as you all probably remember. Um, my son hadn't been born yet. It was, he would be born later that year. It was the 2004 NIT that they did that. And the crazy thing now is, despite all of the, 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 the problems, the disappointment that's happened the last few years in Nebraska, don't look now, but they have beaten three top 25 teams on the road consecutively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to last season when they went into Ohio State and went into uh, Wisconsin, and in fact, that's two top ten teams on the road in a row. Well, there are five all-time road top ten wins in Nebraska <laughs> program history. Were, two of them were. Hoiberg has two of them. <laughs> two of them in the last in the calendar year. Nine months. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. Uh, it's crazy. But what a fun night! So, huge congratulations to uh, to the Nebraska basketball program, uh, one that we're partnered with here at KLIN, and we've been very outspoken in our support for over the years. It's just it it's it's exciting. Uh, shout out to Kent Pavelka and Jake Muehlheisen. Uh, that they would have been had I not been able to get Hoiberg. My next call would have been to Pavelka, and maybe I still get Kent on once again. Uh, but uh, I'm sure kent had a had a great night as well and uh yeah here we are here we are so nebraska bass things feel things feel really different and i don't know if that was um i don't know how much of that changes the rest of the season the trajectory of the program the decisions that trev alberts makes about this program but it's certainly going to have a a large impact in all of those things Mm -hmm. i think going forward is this the sports joy you've been waiting for absolutely absolutely like i said those two moments the Iowa win, which unfortunately the with the Iowa win, it switched so quickly into coaching, you know, right. search hiring that I feel like you didn't even get a chance to uh, like that game. I haven't watched three times, and I'd I'd like to, um, but this one, yeah, these are the, these are two moments that I can only, I mean, honestly, you go back seven, eight, nine years, and you just you those moments are so few and far between for these two programs. Mm-hmm. Um, the two that that you know, and you can even throw. I mean, Nebraska baseball had the the Big Ten championship, but it's been kind of a, it's been you know, it's been a long few years there too, mm-hmm. to some degree. Uh, so yeah, just uh, the the this the this fan base, 
uh, this program long time coming for all, and I hope those of you who are were interested and hopeful for this ha- enjoyed it last night. And we're going to keep the uh, keep the fun going before Nebraska goes and faces uh, what another top ten team. Well, another top ten team for now. Indiana lost actually to uh, Rutgers over the weekend, right? Uh, so they go on the road again against a ranked team. I don't know if they'll be top ten or not, but nonetheless, they'll still be ranked. Yeah, <laughs> nonetheless, Nebraska's sort of giant killers right now in the road until they come back to Lincoln on Saturday for Purdue, which I wouldn't be surprised if that Purdue game, I mean, you're going to, it's going to feel again, like it used to at PBA a little bit, because I'm going to guess not only you're going to have, you know, a lot more enthusiasm, a different sort of level of enthusiasm. I wouldn't be surprised if they use that game. They usually have the football staff Mm -hmm. that gets introduced at a basketball game. I wouldn't be surprised if they Look at that one. Well, they've been that. on the road forever. Yeah. You go, so, you go back to them being in Orlando for a trio of games Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. Yeah. So anyone, anyway, uh, there we go. So yeah, uh, Fred Hoiberg at 810, Dirk Chatlin uh, at 835. Did you see Dirk Chatlin's tweet? He said it's, uh, it's, it's the last time Creighton <laughs> fans were this quiet. It was the at the end of the Georgia Southern, Southern football game. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but Dirk chose violence there with that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good night. It was a good night. Mark, I hope you had as good a weekend as I did. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, the Lady Huskers did pretty well yesterday, too. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, taking down right That teams. was the headline. That was the headline before Nebraska. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, they've gone in and beat some ranked teams, so it's not as unusual, but they haven't, you know, they haven't started this season like they wanted to, and they just absolutely played lights out. Yes. Lights out against Maryland. I watched the second half of that game on BTN Plus, and. I mean, Markowski and Jazz Shelley, speaking of not having an answer for players, Maryland didn't have an answer for them as well. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. And Nebraska volleyball moves on. Um, they're going to go to the Sweet 16. They've got, obviously, a little bit of work to do with the lineup. But if there's anybody who can figure that out, I think it's the uh, head coach here with few Nebraska. few days to get healthy. Yeah. And somehow, uh, unfortunately for most Nebraska volleyball fans, including a young girl at my house, they play at 10 a.m. on Thursday. Yes. <laughs> Which is rough. Come on, uh, schools. Yeah. Roll the TV uh, in. Yeah, they should. Well, they should too bad they already gave them Friday off for a teacher plan day, too. Yeah. That was the, one of those ones that they added. Move it up another day. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, oh, God, I could not get enough of Twitter for the last 12 hours. It's been <laughs> just, I mean, just, like I said, bathing in it. Every highlight, every tweet, every... Little jab at our friends there over down on I eighty, um, who just are never condescending at all. Any of those things wow. didn't think this was happening. <sighs> it's good. It's good. To quote Clark Griswold, "It's good. It's good." <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Mark. I suppose I shouldn't just not spend three hours just waxing poetic about this. I very much could. Uh, what else do we have going on this morning? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> I did. Uh, we we went to Kansas City for the weekend. At a uh, um, at least, I had a conference, and then we had a wedding of a of a uh, friend on Saturday. And uh, down in the St. Joe area, driving down Friday, gasoline's down to two seventy nine. It's dropping. It's dropping significantly. I got a little bit of that in the sound off right now. Two seventy nine. Yes. What is it in Lincoln right now? Three. My goodness. Three, let's let's check out the old gas buddy. Thirty five. All right. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad, and it you know two seventy nine. Wow. 
I guess maybe they've bumped up either, let's see, 309, uh, 316, 315, 324 in Lincoln, as I'm looking over the numbers. No, it doesn't make any sense to drive down to St. Joe and fill up. I mean, you unless know. you want to, unless they got the mini golf course open there. It's, it's closed for the season. Come on, Coolcrest. Let's go. Oh. Let's go. But other than that, it was a fairly quiet weekend. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we, the Chiefs got beat. Yeah. They'll be all right. Yeah. I think they'll be all right there. They ran into uh, Zach Taylor and uh, and Joe Burrow, former uh, former preschooler over at the St. Mark's Kid Zone here in Lincoln, Mr. Joe Burrow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, a lot of Christmas shop, a lot of Christmas shopping, a lot of Christmas shopping talk. At at my house, getting uh, getting busy for that, and nine um, days away. Nine days until what? Driving on the South Beltway. Dri- oh, that's right. That they dropped that Friday, right after we went off the air. Yeah. Once again, look at all of the joy you have. Look in the at world the right South now. Beltway opening Ten, eight, the five day. months early. What is happening? This thing was going to be here in like twenty twenty eight, and then they moved it up, and then they moved it up, and then they moved it up. And all of a sudden, the 30 years we were asking for this for seemed like they passed in the snap of a finger. I'm look, just kidding. It look, doesn't feel that way. But nonetheless. <laughs> less than three years. Do, my, my moment that I've, I've fantasized about so many times of driving down the South Beltway, tears of joy streaming down my eyes, is, it, it, it's going to actually happen in days. Yes, now it's sing, not sing, single digit. Now numbers. it's not totally finished, right? Well, it's just some, drivable, right? Some aesthetics that have to be, the, you know. Okay, I thought there were there were parts of it that were not like just fully. I don't know. I'll just have to experience. After and the, all of you, all of you, Highway Two drivers. Oh, sorry, Nebraska ex- Parkway Park Parkway. Thank you. That's going to take a while. Yeah, Caleb, I'm going to need a note for that one. I, I'm just going to call it. <laughs> you old, know how old, that works. I'm going to call it Old Highway Two. <laughs> alumni uh, hall boulevard yes uh <laughs> i don't know about you caleb but when i was in your position the notes didn't do a heck of a lot of good I, either. they this uh, <laughs> if i can if i have them right by me they they often help when i can't there's certain words i can't think of when he has to have a note in front of him for something he says twice a day for four months <laughs> okay I'll, I'll ta- okay hold on i'm just gonna spit it out here for whatever reason i had a mental block and i could not think of the name of our very generous sponsor of fantasy huskers and many other things we've done on here alumni hall and you know they they had changed the name of the business they came in and they did it and i could not i had a lot of variations of the alumni club varsity club but the the peak of it the absolute peak it's the Monday after Thanksgiving when we're announcing the last winner. And just the look of disgust you give yourself as you look at the little piece of paper one more time, like, why? There was a little piece why? of paper that was all over. Like, I'm glad Commander Jack never threw it away or anything because it was always here. And he had it in, like, large font. So I always was looking for that thing. Nebraska ex- Parkway? Parkway, right? Is that what it is? Old Deuce. The old, old deuce. The old. Yeah, we might might rethink that one. Those are those are going to be some people who are going to enjoy this too. Revved the up people on the deuce. You're going to is that twenty seventh? Is this going to be a ghost town at twenty seventh and Highway Two now? An old Highway Two. Be able to make left turns immediately there. There It'll going south. Certainly take some of the uh, oh, some of the uh, traffic off. It's all going good this morning. I, I'd suggest you go out. You know, take 
Nebraska Parkway East. Get on the Beltway, go west, swing around, stop at Warhorse, fill up at the new U stop, and then come on back hey, into town. Do we? Can I do the entire show driving up and down the South Beltway? On the is it a weekday that it opens? The fourteenth, which is yeah, that's Next so Wednesday. We from Wednesday. We do what chaps your hide live from the uh, from the South Beltway. Well, it doesn't open until 10 a.m. So. Oh, geez. Of course. Well, everything happens after our show is over. <laughs> oh, yeah. The other thing on Friday, they they tell us they're opening up the, the uh, Beltway early, and then Runza comes out and says, oh, yeah, also we're bringing back the Italian Runza. Right. Well, what is everything good finally going to happen in a three-day period after seven years of nothing going right in my life? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I guess I'll take it. All right, 626, we'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? KLIN. Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Urologist Malcolm Byron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, I gotta, I gotta mention here, we got Christmas caroling coming up in six days. Oh, that's right. We're taking, we got a bus. Thanks to, uh, thanks to our friends at Windstar. Okay, we're going to bring it over here to 44th and 0 Sunday afternoon. Time, I know some of you have been asking about the time. Uh, we're starting at 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock on Sunday, coming up this Sunday. So that would be the 11th. Uh, and uh, for those who want to, uh, it, all, all I need you to do is let us know that you want to be on it and tell me how many people you're going to bring with me, bring with you at KLIN.com. Okay, so we just need to make sure we got spot. It's free. There's nothing else beyond that. We just got to know how many people are going to be there. So we make sure there's room in the bus. Um, if for some reason it doesn't work for you to to be on the bus, uh, you got to join us a little later. That's totally fine too. You can you can do that on your own. Um, we are going to uh, be nailing down the sort of the route and the schedule, the places we're going. Uh, by the end, obviously, probably middle of this week, we'll put that out. Um, but regardless, you're here at three. We'll take you around town, um, and we're just gonna you know we're just gonna spread some holiday cheer. Don't need to be a don't need to be a professional singer. You, you don't, you know, I don't even care if you can, can't carry a tune. Just want to have some fun. Uh, we would love to see you out there. Now, if you are a ringer, we'd also love to have you. Uh, I've been, I've been reaching out to the music community and, uh, trying to grab some ringers there from the musical world, uh, whether singing or if you happen to be somebody who can, uh, grab an instrument and play along with people randomly singing. You're uh, you're welcome to do that, but uh, we got we got my buddy Brett uh, once again, uh, huge great musician who is going to kind of lead us, and uh, and we're going to go uh, several places, several stops along the way, probably some retail, probably some healthcare type facilities, uh, probably downtown Lincoln. Uh, we're nailing those down, and and I guess the other thing I would say if you are. Like if you're a business, or if you're a retail place, if you're if you if you know of some kind of a gathering, they think we could enhance by stopping by. Uh, let me know. Reach out to me because I may be able to put you on the schedule here and include you in the whole thing with uh, with that sort of a stopper. If you got any great ideas about maybe where we should go, we are putting that together. But three o'clock should be done by around six, I think, that evening. So late afternoon, early evening. What's the forecast for Sunday look like? We're fine. All right, forty-one degrees. That's doable. Forty-one degrees. 
we're basically we can handle. Uh, that. We're basically all forties, um, really throughout the extended forecast here. Uh, maybe Thursday won't quite hit forty, but weather looks pretty decent here going forward, including on Sunday. So we would love to have you be a part of it. But again, uh, time is now to go to klin dot com. Um, call your friends, you know, get the kids. My daughter will be along with us. At very least, I may have more of my family, but my daughter will be along with us. So if you've got kids that you want to bring along, they're certainly welcome. Uh, they would definitely add to the group, and we're excited about it. So, yes, caroling starts uh, or will happen a week from yesterday, Sunday, starting at 3 o'clock. Get on the bus, and let's spread some holiday cheer in Lincoln. All right, sound off. Uh, whew, what to start with today? Um, all right, we will, uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? The, um, uh, we're starting in China. Okay. You've been, uh, perhaps reading about some of the protests that have been going in on in China, uh, because of the zero tolerance COVID policies there. And then the governmental response that they've had there and just kind of the uniqueness of that whole thing in that country. But it actually looks now, look, I mean, they're not opening things up there necessarily, but the government is giving a little bit. It looks like the protesters may be having some influence in that country. For months, people in the capital, Beijing, and at least 16 other cities have had to show a recent negative COVID-19 test just to get on a bus or subway. That ends today. And in Guangzhou, population 15 million, many markets and businesses are reopening. Enough people are fed up with restrictions that we saw rare protests in recent weeks. And now the government's announced plans to vaccinate millions of elderly citizens, a condition for ending the long-running zero-COVID strategy. Normality, however, seems a long way off. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. All right. Um, big uh, big week in the Supreme Court. we got some major cases coming up on hot-button issues, including the whole, you know, you remember the, uh, what the, was it, the cake bakers? Uh, was that in Colorado? The, the cake bakers mm-hmm. who did not want to make a, a cake for a same-sex wedding. Well, we've got something very similar to that going in front of the Supreme Court, and the question is, uh, when can business owners be compelled to do something that they say is in opposition to their religious beliefs? The Supreme Court is being warned about the potentially dire consequences of a case the justices are scheduled to hear this week. It involves a Christian graphic artist who objects to designing wedding websites for same-sex couples. Liberal groups claim a ruling in favor of the designer will expose same-sex couples and other minorities to discrimination. Conservative groups argue that the ruling against her will force artists to do work that is against their faith. This case marks the second time in five years the Supreme Court has confronted a similar issue. Um, not only that, not only that case, um, but also uh, the Supreme Court should soon be hearing the uh, Biden White House student loan forgiveness plan. We talked about that quite a bit. Uh, I, I still tend to believe uh, on, on the, stu- the student loan forgiveness thing is going to go away when the Supreme Court votes on that, just given the makeup of the court. And, you know, probably I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if the court also ruled in favor of the business owners in that um, in that graphic design website case as well. So uh, some some big cases just in terms of, you know, I don't know if it's a cultural war issue, if that's a way to put it, but uh, something that's been kind of around for a long time here. Uh, All right. We are in. 
We are finally wrapping up this week, 2022 election season. It's not quite totally over. Well, it's over in Nebraska, uh, but it's not quite over in the nation because Georgia still has a little business to do. And the Warnock versus Walker runoff because of Georgia's election rules, that finally wraps up this week. This is the final weekend of campaigning before the runoff election for the Georgia Senate seat currently held by Democrat Raphael Warnock. The incumbent holding several rallies Saturday. During an event in Atlanta, he questioned Republican challenger Herschel Walker's fitness for the job. Georgia deserves a senator who actually knows what he's talking about. That followed comments by President Biden, who stated that Walker, quote, doesn't deserve to be in the U.S. Senate. Saturday on Fox and Friends, Walker said he is not the problem, but the policies supported by the president and Senator Warnock are. Because of Joe Biden, we have these high gas prices. We have this high grocery prices. We have crime in the streets. The runoff became necessary when neither candidate reached the 50% mark in last month's general election. Kevin Uretsky, Fox right. News. Can someone get Kendall Warnock an actual microphone, please? Is that uh, too much? Was he talking on a megaphone there? Like a megaphone they got at the dollar store? What was that exactly? <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is this is good news here. This is something to be thankful for. Uh, remember when, and it's not called monkeypox anymore. Did you know they changed the name of mm-hmm. monkeypox to mpox now? But I, you know, I just say the original name so you know what I'm I'm talking about here. But remember when this whole thing started up and we didn't know a lot about it? And we we're like, oh, man, is this the new... Right. Is this the new like raging pandemic that's going around our country? And um, well, good news is that even even for people who would be more likely to be impacted by this, uh, authorities are saying, yeah, this is not anymore the highest level of concern, which is good news for everybody. An outbreak of MPOX infected more than 29,000 people across the U.S., forcing the Department of Health and Human Services to declare a public health emergency this summer. It peaked in August with about 450 new cases every week. But thanks in part to access to vaccines, by November, the weekly average was down to just seven cases. And now federal officials say the public health emergency status will end at the end of january jane fergus fox all right so six weeks seven weeks and that uh that'll be taken off the uh, public health emergency list so good news there my goodness i I feel like i got a lot of good news here um and then uh, gas prices mark referenced this earlier he was in missouri and prices were well under three dollars there uh we took a look around lincoln and it looks like in lincoln here you're um, you can you can find it around uh, three ten three fifteen uh, at the right places. Even at 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 uh, you probably are going to get more like three twenty three twenty five at most gas stations. But there's a few of them down there, even that aren't big box clubs that you can get it around three ten right now. Uh, but continuing to go down, and that is the trend nationally right now. Gasoline fell twenty seven cents per gallon at the pump to three fifty four, and diesel finally. Uh, took a big tumble down 19 cents to $5.19 a gallon. So that's industry analyst Trilby Lundberg. Why, though, Trilby, are the gas prices down right now? It was American refiners upping their output tremendously and slashing their own product margins in order to make sure that there was no shortage, an urgent shortage that we have suffered for home heating oil. 
All right. Well, <laughs> look, you, it, it had to do production, domestic production, and then cutting some of those profit margins. Uh, according to Lundberg, there were the were the biggest uh, the biggest results on this. So the national average now um, it fell to it it, it, it dropped to three thirty eight, um, according to Gas Buddy. Interestingly enough, that brings us basically where we were at this time last year. So year over year, you're at about the same spot after gas dropped 17.2 cents over the course of of the last week. Now, state to state, that varies a lot. As Mark said, it was way down in in Missouri. Cheapest gas is in Texas. You're going to get about 281 per gallon in Texas. We got a handful of states that are under the three dollar average right now: Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, um, uh, Georgia, as well. Now you still you're still up. You know, Hawaii, California is still going to be expensive. But the interesting thing here is the gas demand has. Uh, stayed fairly steady on this whole thing. It's right at about 3.2 million barrels per day, according to the Energy Information Administration. But it wasn't necessarily the demand that changed. It was the supply that changed. Uh, Gas inventories increased 2.8 million barrels uh, over the course of that time uh, to 213.8 million. And... You've got that combined with crude oil prices that are are hitting a, a lower price and near 2022 low here at this point, and that kind of puts it all together to have this um, these prices falling right now. Um, so um, yeah, good good news if you are filling up right now. And my goodness, we are all do it after it has been a long hard year when it comes to those gas prices. Still would like to see it go down even further though. Um. <laughs> So if and I probably I don't think we probably have a lot of people who are going to fall into this category, this next clip. Um, But if you have a a Kanye West tattoo and you're regretting it now that Kanye seems to have completely gone off the deep end. Is there someone out there who's going to help you out? This next clip is for you. You you, want to get rid of it. You're like, I should never gotten a permanent tattoo of Kanye West. That was, what was I thinking in 2007? But how could I have ever seen this coming, right? He was... He was just an entertainer there. He's com- you know combining with Jamie Foxx, putting out good songs. I thought I'd get a tattoo. Well, now you have an option if you are uh, one of those people. If you had Kanye West's face emblazoned on your body in the form of a tattoo, you can have it removed for the low, low price of nothing. A London-based tattoo removal studio called Namas offering their services for free for those who want to cancel Kanye from off their body through tattoo erasure. Nama making the move to help those who have become disenchanted with the rapper as he continues to make anti-Semitic comments, some in praise of Adolf Hitler, most recently heard in an interview with Alex Jones. Sue Gosman, Fox News. It, pr- it probably is just a good uh, object lesson. Probably nobody's face who is a, a, you know, a human that is not a family member do you want to permanently affix to your body? You, ju- you just never know. Now, you know, your kids, you're always going to love them, that sort of thing. So that there's probably an exception there. Johnny Rogers. Um, somebody who's already passed away, they're not going to do anything that is going to obviously be problematic for you. So 
but that's probably why it's a good idea just to stay away from you know just from humans what if i already just got the humans. matt rule face on my yeah I, I mean i'm I'm hoping that you'll be glad yeah <laughs> if you got the matt rule tattoo i'm hoping you're going to be glad about it but uh, i would hold off okay okay i would i would hold off for a little while on this whole thing uh, nonetheless, my favorite though is when people get like the this their significant other's name somehow tattooed somewhere on their, and then you know it doesn't go well in the relationship, and the, the I don't know if the I don't know what the erasure process costs or how well it actually works. Um, no, nah, then you're just stuck looking for another Tamra. No, yeah, normally though, but the other people think that they'll do sometimes is didn't we have a question on one of our trivia games? About how uh, about somebody who's tattoo? Yeah, it was somebody who was was it Johnny Depp and Winona Wider? Wider? He changed Winona or something to Wino. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It works if you've got somebody who, your significant other, your ex significant other, if their name sounds very similar to something else that you're passionate about. Uh, but you you certainly could be out of luck. You just need to get a little bit creative with some of those. And then uh, last but not least, uh, the weekend box office. Was it still Wakanda who was leading everything? Let's find out. It's number one at the box office for the fourth straight weekend. The Black Panther sequel raking in an additional $17.6 million, according to studio estimates. The comic holiday thriller Violent Night debuting in second with $13.3 million. Netflix was the talk of the movie industry this weekend. Had the streaming service kept the whodunit sequel Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery in theaters, it would have been one of the top draws for the weekend. Last weekend, Netflix released Glass Onion in a limited run, and the film reportedly grossed about $15 million. Netflix pulled Glass Onion on Tuesday, holding it until its streaming debut, December 23rd. And Carrick, Fox News. That, that calculus that they've got now between putting movies in theaters versus in, you know, making it available on Netflix or yeah. HBO Max or, or whatever is a fascinating one. It, it It's hard for me to see, and I'm certainly not, I'm sure I don't, I'm wrong about this, but it's hard for me to see how it's more profitable to keep it on the streaming service and not take the dollars that it brings in in the theaters. Right. Like, that's always surprising to me when, when they do that with movies now, which they do very frequently. We watched the, the Ryan Reynolds, Will yeah, Ferrell, we did Spirited too. Yeah, over it, the weekend. It was on, a, it's on what, Apple? Is that Apple or Disney? That's I can't. Peacock. Is that no, one. We, I don't have Peacock, and I watched it too. <laughs> so it's not Peacock, because that's the one I have. I think it might be Apple. It might be Apple, but I was pretty sure we watched it on Peacock. I don't have Peacock. So I, I, just, I, I watched it. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah, that's a good example, though. Like, totally seems like one that you would put in the in the theaters right now. I'm glad glad they didn't, because right. I'm more likely to see it. But well, that movie, by the way, I thought it was really solid. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Very enjoyable. I went and read some of the reviews afterwards, and they were really bad, and I was like, huh. I must not have very good taste because I thought that was a good movie. I'm fine having bad taste. It was a, I mean, if you if you hate musicals, it might be a little much right. for you. Well, if you hate musicals, good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Six fifty six. That's it for your sound off right now. In the capital city, thirty degrees. You listen to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. 
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 30 degrees in the capital city coming up during the uh, 7 o'clock hour. Big news on the South Beltway coming out on Friday. We'll tell you a, bit, a little bit more about that coming up during the 7 o'clock hour. We'll count down the five things you're going to be talking about today with the morning drive. A little bit later on the show, the victorious coach, Fred Hoiberg, after going into the CHI Health Center and beating Creighton, is going to join us here on the show live at 810. And then uh, we'll have Dirk Chatlin. I'm um, sure talk a little bit more Nebraska basketball with him at 835. So that is all coming up. 29 degrees in the capital city. It is 7 o'clock on KLIM Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 7-11 on a Monday morning, December 5th, 2022. I'm still basking in the glow of Nebraska basketball going into the CHI Health Center last night, knocking off top 10 Creighton, we're going to have a little bit more on that later in the show. Fred Hoiberg is uh, going to join us at 810, talk a little bit about uh, that in the season going forward. Looking forward to having a chance to talk to Fred after what has to be uh, his biggest win uh, as a Nebraska basketball head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, times have been times have been tough. Times have been rough. That's not lost on any of us, but... Um, also kind of a Herculean task last night to have pulled off like they did. So I can't wait to kind of get the inside story about how they did that last night. So Fred Hoiberg will join us at 810. Dirk Chatlin, as usual, at 835 as well. How's about this this morning? Yeah. As we are into the transfer portal is open. Yeah, I think it might be a rough day. So, if we're thinking about football, I don't want to put a buzz kill on well, things, we'll, but today might be rough. We'll see how all of that goes. But the coaching carousel continues uh, because, as we know, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati's coach, was hired at Wisconsin. Cincinnati is making their hire, taking Louisville's coach Satterfield, which means does Purdue's Jeff Brom. Think about Louisville, who's got background there. Yeah, yeah. So you could see more Big Ten Man, that turnover. seems like a step down, though. I know he's got... He's got roots there, but that feels like kind of a step down with the way that the conferences are shaping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'd be interesting as well. Yeah. And and then you got Coach Prime over there at Colorado. Nebraska's first two games next year will be against P.J. Fleck and Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the road, both of them. Tra- and travelable spots for Nebraska football fans. Very so, travelable. Yeah. And the uh, that Colorado game, that will be their home opener because they open their season TCU. at TCU. Yikes. All right, well, that is way in the future. But if you are traveling, you will be able to, uh, you knew you would be able to next fall, but you'll be able to take the South Beltway, the new South Beltway, and not, you're not going to have to wait until 2023. The announcement on Friday that this thing is getting opened up on December 14th, a week from Wednesday, six months ahead, ahead of schedule, uh, this whole thing. A surprise announcement, nice. by the way. I hadn't heard anything. Merry Christmas to us. I had not heard anything like this was possible. But I did, you know, I I drive my daughter to Hickman every other week, and I would go over the overpass at least by 70th Street there, whatever it is, 68th Street, and I would look down that thing, and I was like, this thing looks, I mean, there's, they've got to have this thing close to drivable here fairly soon. It's hard to imagine, and I know they've got interchanges still to work on, but I kept wondering. I was like, yeah, it feels like they might be able to open this a little bit early, and sure enough, 
thanks to and, and Caleb, thank you. Thanks, frankly, especially to our winners that weren't that bad, um, especially last winter where there was very little precipitation. I think that made a huge difference in the construction mm-hmm. schedules. Oh, yeah. And you never want to, and if you're doing this, you don't ever want to probably get the word out that, hey, we might be might be opening up early and then not deliver on that. You under-promise and you over-deliver, and that's what happened. But, you know... Uh, I think it's worth, we, there's a lot we lament and we critique about government and how they handle roads and how they handle streets. And it certainly is imperfect and there certainly are issues. I mean, you just listen to our What Chaps Ride Wednesday and that is often the top gripe on What Chaps Ride roads, Wednesday, yeah. whether it's about, you know, the, the road the road construction, the closures, the way that things are organized, all of those things. But I think in the interests of fair play, I think it's worth saying that once this this project got going, by the way, in February 2020, February 2020 is when Hawkins Construction started this thing. And here we are, December 2022, uh, and in a week and change, they're going to open this thing up. This project was supposed to take eight years. It's less than three. It was three. supposed to take... 18 years that or eight years that we were talking i think the original timeline i don't remember the exact year but i think we were talking like 2027 2028 Mm -hmm. that this thing was was opening up almost a decade of construction and then here ended up happening in two and a half nearly three years with this whole thing um so that's i mean listen i think that deserves kudos with this whole Absolutely. thing, and a shout out to a, a specific shout out um, to uh, State Senator Mike Hilgers. He he uh, at the legislature um, he pushed to get some some of the funding tools that allowed this thing to go a little more quickly. Um, that went through the legislature, got you know bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get pushback on some of those things. Frankly, from non Lincoln senators. He was still able to get that through, and that made a huge difference in this as well. And so, yeah, a week from Wednesday. Now, it's not all done. There are, in fact, as as I understand, the 84th and the 27th interchanges are not going to open when this thing opens. In fact, that's I think it's going to be, from some of the reports I read, you might be looking at a year mm-hmm. for those, the 84th and the 27th Street ish interchanges there so um so you'll have you'll have access to and from the beltway on 77 so wait southwest lincoln yeah okay and then on the north side you'll have way over at 120th street uh but the 70th street as i understand it the 70th street interchange is going to be the one that's op- opens okay. up and that's the one that i was talking about that i've been driving over where i'm like this looks like it could work now keep in mind Keep in mind, it will be a little bit of a challenge still. Well, I don't know if a challenge is the right word, but you're not going to be able to zip down to or from on 70th Street because they're still going to have the construction by Standing Bear there. That's been closed for a long time. Um, So as I've been going out there, I usually have been going down 84th to get out there and then coming back around to get on it. And you're still going to have to do that. You can get off at 70th Street, but you couldn't take 70th Street, for example, to the north to get into town. You'll have to go to 80. You'll have to go to 84th. You'll have to go to 56th or or something like that. But all of that said, all of that said, 
the primary reason that you did this whole thing and hopefully the primary impact in the coming weeks is going to be the former highway to Nebraska Expressway Bellway Expressway Nebraska Expressway is is going the idea is it's more pleasant for those of us who live in Lincoln and we probably are going to use the old highway to Nebraska mm-hmm. Expressway you know more than we're actually using the beltway and so the primary impact that's going to be felt hopefully is that the experience of driving on that old highway to feels completely different and that's going to be the most interesting thing to me when you get into when you get into January of 2023 and this thing's been open for a couple of weeks do we have the trucks off of there mm-hmm. have they moved have they moved to the new south beltway um and and that'll be something i think you'll be able to tell and there's no reason for them not to i i understand some of those exchanges aren't going to be finished the exit but you know the trucks that are coming through are just coming through yeah they're not they're uh, you know you're getting the ones off of off of highway two, the old highway two, that are passing through lincoln uh and not necessarily stopping there um and then you know the next question is how much does that does that jump start the development in that area where can the development happen guys i expect that and and i haven't looked at you know what the land ownership is in in some of these areas but i can't imagine that any place that there can be commercial development that sprouts up especially <laughs> near those interchanges it's not going to just explode and this puts you know this this expands that whole thing quicker and it it's going to feel like it is going to feel like Lincoln is closer and closer and closer to, you know, to Hickman. <laughs> it's going to it is going to feel so much it already does. It already does feel like so much less of just a a rural drive. I had grandparents growing up. Um I had grandparents who lived in Firth. I had grandparents who lived in Holland, Nebraska, a small town kind of in the Norris Hickman area. So we drove out there constantly and it used to be we would always take i don't know if it was because 70th didn't go all the way out there but we always took 56th out there we go 56 to saltillo uh and then get on 68th usually yeah. and go the rest of the way out there but once you got past i mean not to date myself too much but like once you got past edgewood once you got past 56 old cheney highway 2 old highway 2 it felt like you were rural all the way till you roll it into hickman <laughs> For the most part, yeah. and uh, and all of a sudden, Nebraska Parkway that's changed. What did I say? Okay, we keep calling the expressway. I've got to get some kind of a mnemonic device. I can't. Do, Nebraska do Parkway. Leave this note yes, in front please of you? give me that note. Okay, Mark just printed it out for me in like uh, thirty point font. So I'll just set that right there. Forty eight <laughs> point font. Thank Bold. you. Bold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that I mean, the expectation, the numbers that they're talking about for this thing in in three years, they're saying thirteen thousand six hundred vehicles a day. Okay, uh, thirteen thousand uh, six hundred, including seventeen hundred semis a day. So seventeen hundred semis a day, and I what, assume what? the vast majority of those are currently on Nebraska Parkway. I mean, Here's not, you're not bringing in a ton more semis that are going through there. Are you really taking off 1,700 semis off the road, off of Highway 2? Is that really going to happen? Here's that the thing. Be... I have no frame of reference to know how big of a number that is, though. Yeah, that's true. Like, like, like what, how does what, that feel? What, what is that normal number? How does that feel when you go over the course of an entire day 
midnight to midnight. What? What? Can what you? Is feel, that? The question is. Yeah. The question is. Does it feel? Yeah. Different. Does it? It does. Twenty seventh and Nebraska Parkway feel different. I know right? if you just does say it, if you just say right now seventeen hundred semis, yes, that looks like a giant number in my head. Absolutely, yeah. because I know what that would look like on the interstate. Okay? Right, but stretch it out over twenty four hours and throughout you know throughout the course of that entire highway, how how different is it? That's a great question, and I'll be I'll be interested what people you know how the first even how the first month kind of feels with mm-hmm. that whole thing. I think of the uh, and I'm I'm particularly curious. Text in. Um, if you're pe- if you're somebody who drives the old Highway Two, the new Nebraska Parkway regularly for your commute, and uh, like, how bad is it? Is it how bad is it? how much are you excited about this? And and how much will do you feel it? I, I want to know over the course of the next few weeks. Yeah. Does it feel measurably different on that whole thing? But yeah, but yeah, I, I'm gonna guess you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have. I mean, the, the need that they're going to have on that thing for 24-hour gas stations, mm-hmm. truck stops, yeah. truck stops. I mean, all kinds of, all kinds of that stuff. What right are the nearest that like, hotels over there? Man. I mean, I would get, I'm, I'm trying to th- help me out, guys, but I don't know, you could get off on, there's no interchange there now, but like if you get on 56, there's one over by Edgewood. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I'm. Tr- I don't think there's one. If you get off on 84th, there's one out by Walmart. Uh, there's one on right. 84th and Nebraska Parkway. <laughs> there's a hotel there, but yeah, that's some of those. You, you know, the old days in the old comfort in. Um, just for people who are commuting at that point, feels like there's going to be a big market for that there as well. So, and you're gonna have a high school out there. That's the other thing. Yeah, what's that all? Is you are going to? I mean, if you've seen traffic around any of the Lincoln high schools on a regular school day, Lincoln East, Lincoln Southeast, you know, you know, North Star, whatever, just that level of of traffic there. Yeah, and you're going to have high school students and parents who uh, who need to stop and get gas, or need to stop and get groceries, or need to stop and you know do whatever, or hang out after school is over as well. So, yeah, big big news there, and this thing for once, for once, so credit where credit is due, but something when it came to government and to streets, roads, highways was weirdly efficient. Nice. Now, of course, we had 30 years that we talked about needing this before that, but once they got started. They got it done. East Beltway by 2025. Come on, do it. That would be a game changer. Now you're on the clock. East Beltway by 2025. Come now on. we have expectations. Now, yeah, now you, you've, <laughs> you've set the standard and how fast this can be done. Construction started in that you know year, year and a half. We should be able to get that done by 2025. <laughs> All right, 725, we'll take a break. we got sports coming up next on LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. All right, let's start counting them down without any further ado with number five. Husker men's basketball upset number seven Creighton yesterday afternoon, 63-53. The fifth top ten road win in program history and second under Hoiberg. The last one came at number ten Wisconsin just last season. That's a W in 48-point bold font. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I can't tell you... uh, 
you know, that I was expecting this to happen. Uh, it, w- it looked like an uphill battle in every way, in part because Creighton has just had Nebraska's number so much. Not just a little bit, but when Creighton has beaten Nebraska, they have beaten them like a drum, and it just feels like everything falls apart in this game. And the shoe was 100% on the other foot last night. Uh, nothing worked for Creighton. And you just, you haven't seen it, but, and, and that's not meaning, and, and don't take that to make that, that was, there was just some sort of misfortune here. Nebraska caused the vast majority of those problems. And that is what, I'll tell you what, that is what absolute effort, hustle, and toughness looked like last night, especially on the defensive end of the floor, because those guys, that Nebraska team was. I mean, they were sprinting out to get Creighton's three-point shooters and get them covered and communicating to get them covered. And yeah, Creighton was missing some open shots, but they got hesitant to take shots because Nebraska would... They just weren't open in the times that they were normally... They've been normally open this year because that defense communicated so well and was such strategically done so well. And then add on to that, just straight up wanting rebounds more. Um, in a lot of cases, pulling down defensive rebounds like crazy. So Creighton got very limited second-chance opportunities, closing off Creighton's ability to score at the rim, essentially, and then having Derek Walker throughout the game and Sam Griesel at the end of the game being in a spot where they weren't super guardable. Creighton didn't have guys one-on-one who were able to stop those two, and it was just enough offensively to keep Nebraska in the lead. I rewatched the game last night, Caleb, and there were so many moments where Creighton, like they had gotten a modicum of momentum, and it was like, oh no, here we go. This is the possession. They're going to blow the roof off this place. Mm -hmm. They're going to hit an NBA three. This place is going to go nuts, and Nebraska will have to call a timeout. I bet there were seven possessions like that, and every time they came up empty. I mean, it was it was and and sometimes it was misfortune. A lot of times it was really good defense, um, but Nebraska had to play just absolutely grind every minute of that game, and they did to be it. able to get that. And they did it. I kept thinking, how long can they keep this up? Mm-hmm. And they did it through every minute of that game to the end. That at the end, Creighton was the one who was uh, who had who had kind of lost the ability to have the longevity to to stay in that game. So that defense felt like. And I'm, I have a couple questions for you, but that defense felt like when Nebraska was running a short bench in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, it did. Where it was just absolute effort at all times. Yep, 100%. Okay, where does this win stack up for the Hoiberg era? Oh, it's got to be the biggest. I mean, the, I mean, the only other... The only other one, uh, you think, Wisconsin that last Wisconsin, year, right? but that meant, given that it was the last... It was. Don't get me wrong. That was. There was a lot of joy that went with that. But that season was kind of over mm-hmm. at that point. You've got the Big Ten season in front of you now. You've got. You've still got the potential to hit some of those goals in terms of improving the team, like getting into postseason play, like getting yourself way up in uh, what getting yourself up from the cellar of the Big Ten yeah. standings. Those things are all in front of you, and this is going to impact those. So yeah, this is a. To me, this is a bigger de- and. And listen, we love beating Wisconsin, but Creighton is at another level. Right. Well, just in then, terms of the sweep. Then I was going to take it a step further. The Big Ten era, think going back to like a no-sit Sunday, think back to that Big Ten tournament run. Yeah, the, I mean, 
Yeah, you, I mean, you beat Creighton in 2018. That was that was at home, mm-hmm. um, and that was a team you had high expectations from. There were obviously a bunch of uh, in in that Tim Miles run to the NCAA tournament in 2014. 2013, 2014, um, there were a, just a handful of games against good teams that were sweet. But when it's against your rival and when you just you don't see it as something that's likely to happen at all, it hits a little bit different. And I think this one's got the potential, the potential to really fuel this season going a place that we may not have seen it going when it when it started with this whole thing. So we'll have Fred Hoiberg on the show coming up in oh, 25 minutes. Yeah. He'll be on at 8.10. So he's going to join us. And so uh, we'll ask we'll ask him some of those questions and, and about how how he was able to get pull that out of his team for that game. Um, but it was great. I, I'm jealous of the Husker fans who were up there in the building at the end when you could hear in the CHI Center, you could hear the Go Big Red chants. That's awesome. Because I remember... I remember a year ago when I, I, I remember hearing the CU chants yep. at PBA. Yes. Like, we've gotten used to hearing that. It was that. another one last year when, I mean, it felt like that was a team at that point you felt like could be in that game and just, it was just, they play, just they play, run. they just play that team just so badly. Even their good teams, even that NCAA tournament team got run off the court by them. Will um, um, John Bishop be recovered enough by Wednesday morning to talk to you? That's a good question. He doesn't he is, get a choice. He doesn't. He is yes. He is, this is a mandatory appearance for him on uh, on Wednesday. M- Mary says he has to be on. That's right. We'll we'll go to the NRG brass and make. That's a good point. Uh, and, and then real quick, I want to mention. I don't want to. I'm. We, I don't want to do too much sports in the morning drive. But uh, it, I don't. Husker women's basketball got a little overshadowed, but they go into Maryland, a team that has had their number. Uh, in the Big Ten for years, perennial go conference in, contender, a ranked Maryland team on the road, and just kind of blows them out of the water by the end of the game. I mean, Jazz Shelley and Markowski in that second half were at another level. Yeah, real quick, you you see what that team what they're going to have to do without a Sam Hybe going forward, and Jazz Shelley just going off. Um, is he born with a double double? Um, yeah, I didn't that even one, mention her. She 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 knocks down a, a multiple threes. Jess Shelley knocks down like dagger threes. Shelley had some Steph Curry stuff going on yeah. at one point in that game. So you you add all of that up with with the way that team played and the way they they played defensively. Those are when things are clicking, and we've seen them. That's their first road win of the year. Their first yeah. road win of the year. You had to get to December for them yeah. to win on the road. But that's what. This team has in front of them the potential, and they start out one and zero in the Big Ten. There are a lot of good things in front of both of these basketball programs. And then Nebraska volleyball advances, uh, and it's going to be interesting. John Cook's got his work cut out for him. I mean, I think you know they got through the weekend, which you expected them to, but just win in advance. It's a it's a little bit of a different deal when you're a little short-handed with your players. And when's, when's the next? Uh, when are the next games on? So they play Thursday, Thursday, ten a.m. Ten a.m. And basketball. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night, Wednesday, Wednesday, Nebraska men ha- are at Indiana. Another, at least for now, yeah, top cur- ten. Currently, team. top ten women hosting yeah. Wisconsin and wrestling won the Cliff Keen Invitational Jeez, for the third weekend. year in a row. Nice out in Vegas. Nice weekend. Number four, Lincoln South Beltway, officially opening ten a.m. December fourteenth. Eleven miles, three hundred fifty-two million dollars, reduced congestion hopefully on Nebraska Parkway, also known as Old Highway Two, to those of us that prefer that. Um, 10 a.m. on the 14th, about several months in, uh, ahead of do they, schedule. Is there like a do you get a line up your cars and they cut a ribbon like it's uh, how does this work exactly with a street opening like they this? They usually have a ribbon at one end. Do I get to rev my engine at the beginning? You know, 
wave the flag and you're off. What is that, a Prius? <laughs> you, you, you want a moped? What, what, what? All right, I've got it. Lincoln Scooters. That's not even the Rivian. Gee. Lincoln Scooters, 11 miles. <laughs> uh, no, it, I mean, and I address this a lot at 710, but it's it's kind of amazing that this thing... It feels like government street projects, Mark, can just, you know, can be never-ending sometimes. And somehow this went just the complete opposite direction. And you chopped, I mean, at one point you were looking at the end of the, you know, this decade. You chopped it back a little bit, chopped it back a little bit, changed the financing, chopped it back a little bit more. You were pretty happy with May of 2023, and then all of a sudden Friday you get this news that it's going to be opening uh, here on on in December in what 11 days from who now. do we talk Nine to about now. getting the broadcast house vehicles to just parade across there right the I feel KLIN like they should vehicle, the, I'll jump in the bone what about the first day having the speed limit be like 25 and you know just have it be kind of a kind of cruise, a cruise, night, a cruise event you know Maybe a little cruise event thing everybody bringing out the car all nice and cleaned up windows down Hopefully we'll get a nice random fifty degree day in in December. Tailgate on the shoulder. <laughs> right now the fourteenth is cloudy and thirty five for a high. Okay, well, bundle up in your convertible then. LFR, we're going to need some burn barrels out there. All right. Number three, University of Nebraska Board of Regents unanimously approved a plan that'll increase room and board at all campuses starting next fall. A proposal, 3% increase at the University of Nebraska Lincoln each year for the next three years. That'll raise total cost about $1,000. Room and board this year for a standard dorm with an all access meal plan, 12430 in the 25-26 school year, it'll be up to thirteen four thirteen. Right when these start entering my tab, too, Mark. Come on. Got to get those scholarships. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Scholarships and a good 529 plan. Yeah, based on what the living situations are for these kids now, I'm sort of shocked that I paid anything for room and board when I went to college. I don't know that I was getting a fair shake with the room and board when I was in college. The ACT is the best paying job your kids can have. I mean, I was uh, not to... Uh, Grandpa, tell me about the old days, but my dorm in college did not have air conditioning, uh, did not have cable TV, <laughs> Did not have individual showers. Did not often have warm showers in the winter. Now, I wasn't at UNL, so I wasn't at UNL, so I was up in northwest Iowa. But What town were you in? Orange City. Orange City. We had a, we had a shared shower between two of the bedrooms. Well, we for, just for had we had the, the community six shower head shower, and once you got that part, and again, you know, uh, the, the Sioux City, the Sioux County area of Iowa isn't that far north of here. But, oh, does it make a difference when the winter comes? It is a different winter there than it is for a kid in Lincoln, Nebraska, just by going up the you know that two, two and a half hours to the north of here. And once that winter set in, I don't know what happened with the pipes, but they didn't really kick out warm water. <laughs> and so that, uh, you know, that early class... When you had just taken a cold shower, your hair was still wet, you had never gotten warm from the night before, and you're walking over a sheet of ice to get to your biology class or whatever that it was. Mm-hmm. Developed character. So, that's what Developed <laughs> character. That's what Bunsen burners are for. Warm your hands. Man. Yeah. At SIUE, but. we got really used to walking from Bluff Hall to get across campus. You went through the engineering building. None of us were about to be engineers, but we're saying hi to everyone because we're like, guys, 
This is the only building we can walk through on the way there. We are not walking around this building. There were there were nights where it was dinner time. We had to walk to the calf to go outside. We had to go outside. It was a decent walk where I went to school. And you'd seriously think, like, do we have enough money to order a pizza tonight? Got real creative <laughs> and, uh, with what buildings to walk we, through. Yes, depending we, on where you were. Coming. Yes, we would do. There were we would walk inside when. Yes, you I'm not walking directly all across the, the time. Quad. I am walking buildings all the way around all the time. You would double your length to walk inside in some of these things, but good, good. that's kind like, of a universal thing. Like I'm, I'm sort of wondering what I was paying for at some point. I mean, the maintenance cost couldn't have been that high. There was no warm water. There was no air conditioning. There was no cable. There was, uh, you know. Is this heaven? No, that was Iowa. I brought my own. uh, We brought our own N64s to play Bond on them. I mean, there was just. uh, Anyway, I hope those. (laughs) Oh, the good old days. The good old days. And now I'm a parent with a kid going to college and they're raising the prices. They've been keeping. They've been doing a lot to keep tuition down. They have. Yeah. They're, they're, they've been doing a lot of those things. So, number. Whoops, that was number three. You'll have, you, whoops, no, you'll have to put a, uh, your uh, palatial uh, vacation place in Beatrice on VRBO. Uh, uh, that's a good point. Ooh. I can probably get some major bucks for that. Made for college. Especially this January and February. Beautiful place to go. <laughs> number two. <laughs> Gas prices well below record highs hit earlier this year. Analysts think they could fall a little further. Average costs now uh, unleaded three forty three a gallon on Friday. <laughs> Is this all? Is, are we done with this? No. Are we closing the book on this era of no. high gas price? No. no. I, I just read, I, I just read a Wall Street Journal article that said uh, they're going to continue to plummet all the way through uh, this winter. They're going to continue to drop between the increased production in the U.S., slightly less demand that's going on right now. They've been doing maintenance on these places. They're producing, and apparently our, uh, I don't know if the oil companies have decided to be a little bit more altruistic in profits or something like that, but the forecasts look like this is not a, a little blip, at least just for this week, and that it could be going for a little while. What do you, I mean... You're thinking, I, what, I next think, summer we're bumping back I, up? I think the world situation is just too tenuous for prices to go much lower. All right, we'll see. What would uh, what gas price would make people happy? Like, where would people be like, all right, now I'm good with this? $1.75. Is, is that the number? Like, seriously? Yep, it is for a lot of people. I just, I just feel better under 2 bucks. Yep. Now, yes, I would love a dollar seventy-five, but just seeing that first number on oh, there be a one. So we got a dollar still to go. Then yes, we got a dollar still. To, a well, in Lincoln, you're still over three most yep. places. But got a dollar and a quarter, something like that. All right, we'll see. Be a nice Christmas gift. Number one. It's the season for bright lights, holiday decor, and higher electric bills. So how much is that holiday lighting costing you? Well, it comes down to which type of light you use, LED or incandescent. Ooh. If you've got them on six hours a day over 30 days, a string of LED lights will cost less than a dollar, but a similar size string of incandescents, three to five bucks. Three to five bucks for ho- for a month of holiday cheer? No, for just a string. And you've got multiple, multiple Oh, strings. that's for one string? Yes. Really? Yes. Jeez. Yeah, but man, some of these LED lights... To barely, you can barely see them even when it's dark. They're so dim. I don't think we should be celebrating Christ's birth with really dim lights. Okay, if you're going to use LED, find ones that actually light up a whole bunch. Not agree with that, right? Spotlights only. I mean, I still like. Uh, listen, call me old fashioned, but I still like the big. Uh, what are they? C the C nine C nines, the big glass ones that light up in multicolor. I like those, but they keep tripping my ground fault. 
so I didn't put them out this year. <laughs> Overloading. <laughs> exactly. Um, if you're not putting up lights where it feels reckless and dangerous, what are you even doing? I mean, we we scaled back a little bit this year. We had wild calm down screwed. I know. I felt I felt a little guilty, but scaled. But we just did the like the candles in the window and the spotlight on the front door and that sort of thing. I know. I feel. A little I brought guilty. my daughter here. I got to a look. fake tree this year too. Wow. What is happening? I brought my daughter and wife here to look at all of our decorations. So that that, that's, that's that counted. That's what we did. Very good. <laughs> get, get, get Reggie a, a, a collar that's got a little twinkling lights, and you'll take it. That'll be holiday. Oh, he's getting clothes for Christmas, and like shopping for the dog is becoming a sort of a larger part of. Oh no! <laughs> all these things. I can't. Who am I? I got a fake Christmas tree. I got a dog. Not putting up as many lights. Jeez. All right, seven fifty-six. The, the Grinch had a dog. Well, uh, I know. I feel like this is the beginning of like uh, the year without Christmas movie or something. <laughs> All right, seven fifty-seven. We'll take a break. LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. When- Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at Forty Fourth and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK today with Jack and friends on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety-nine three KLIN. Well, last night was a glorious one for we Nebraska basketball fans as Nebraska goes into the CHI Health Center, beats Creighton 63-53, and an incredible team effort. Uh, effort was the bottom line, um, and Nebraska made its fans proud. This is, uh, this is a program, this radio station, this show has stood behind unabashedly for a long time, and it was, uh, it was great to watch. I, I, I just... I couldn't tear myself away from reading the reaction, rewatching the game, and and everything last night. And right away after it was over, I was like, you know, who we need to talk to tomorrow? We need to we need to make this happen. It hasn't happened uh, very much, but we need to get it going. And that's uh, the head coach Fred Hoiberg, who uh, had a great scheme last night, and he's kind enough to join us this morning after the game on LNK today with Jack and friends. Coach Hoiberg, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, good morning, Jack. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah congrats on the win. Um, we, I think I wasn't the only Husker fan that was just kind of uh, – we didn't want last night to end because it was it was just so sweet for so many reasons. Can you just kind of take us through the, you know, the feelings afterwards, the experience? We all saw the video of the locker room afterwards. What was last night like after such a, a, a big win and after one that seemed to be elusive for, for you guys so often over the last few years? Well, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm so happy for our guys. They they've been very resilient. It's it's been a really fun group to coach. And you know, from really the first day that we got together, I knew that this team, uh, you know, they just they genuinely like each other. They care for each other. They have great chemistry on and off the court. Uh, they spend a lot of time together. Um, and that when you have that care factor, and uh, you know, it makes things easier on the floor, especially when you have to fight through adversity. We knew we were going into a very hostile environment last night against the top 10 team that was coming off a loss and, uh, you know, a performance at Texas where I was very impressed mm-hmm. with their team. They went four for 27 from the three-point line and still had a chance to win that game at Texas in their new arena, which, uh, from what I understand, is, is one of the tougher environments to play in. So I was really impressed with that group and, and, you know, for us to go out there, we, you know, we really put a game plan together to take away their paint 
And, uh, you know, when they get lobbed, when they get caught runner lobbed, uh, and they do a great job, they run a lot of sets that really trick uh, your weak side help. So we wanted to sit a guy in there at all times and try to win the line of scrimmage with our big and and really take away. And then we, we had to be in rotation. But I thought our rotations were really crisp. And, you know, it's something we worked a ton on this year is really getting out and having spirited contests uh, on the three-point line. They took 40 of them, um, you know, which obviously is a lot. They made 10. We, we knew they'd make some. The big message to our team was he can't get deflated because they're going to make some tough ones. It's just the, the type of shooter and the caliber of uh, of shooting and, and, and uh, you know, toughness that they have on that team. So I just I was really impressed with the guys and their demeanor, uh, how they handled uh, the runs. Derek Walker steps up and takes, I thought it was the play of the game when he took that charge. Yeah. Uh, right there at the end, which could have cut the, the lead to five with, with about a minute 40 left. Uh, but he steps in, takes the charge. We hit some free throws down the stretch. Uh, but just really, really proud of our guys and happy for them. Um, you know, now we got to bounce back. One of the big things in this business uh, that you have to do, you have to find ways to get over tough emotional losses and find a way to get over big wins like we had last night. We'll be back in the gym here in about an hour and uh, start putting the game plan in for Indiana. Coach Caleb Henry here. Last year, for those of us that were at the game at Pinnacle Bank Arena, we we heard as the game came to a close the CU chance. But last night or yesterday afternoon at CHI Health Center, how gratifying was it for you to hear the Husker fans at the CHI Health Center as that one was winding down? Well, I got a little nervous. The, the big red go big red chant started with about ten minutes left, <laughs> and, and then they went on a they went on a big run on us. So. Um, but yeah, at the end of the game, you know, and it's, I, I know this is a big game. I played in rivalry games. I coached in rivalry games. I grew up in a town in Ames, Iowa, um, mm. you know, where you had a heated rivalry with the university of Iowa and, you know, it's fun to play in, but I just know how important it is for your fans, uh, you know, to go out there and compete and play well and hopefully get some wins. And, you know, I know, I know, uh, you know, the importance of it. I, you know, our fans have been awesome. They were great in the Boston college game the other night. And, you know, to be able to get this and share it with them is, uh, you know, it's a heck of a thing. So, you know, I know we're going to have a great crowd next week with Purdue. This was the first of, you know, a three-game gauntlet for us with, with three top ten teams in a row, two of those on the road. Uh, you know, so it was an important game, uh, you know, but I know they're going to be there with us for, for Purdue, who's playing as well as anybody in the country right now. Uh, but it is. It's always great to share share these moments with your fans. Coach, watching your, your team play defense at, at sometimes it was almost exhausting just to watch because of the the nonstop effort uh, and communication that it looked like it required throughout that, and it kept and you kept thinking, man, there can they keep this up? Can they keep this up for the entire game? And and they did. I know you gave me a little bit of the X's and O's, but take me into what happened defensively. I mean, you would guys have guys scrambling out toward a three point shooter and just getting there, you know, right in time to make that not as good a shot as Creighton is usually getting there. Take me just inside of the hustle and the communication that was required for that defensive effort last night. Well, it all started with Emmanuel, and he he's really yeah. taken pride in that role, being the head of the snake. And you know, Nemhart is he's absolutely lived in the paint this year so you know that's a tough assignment he killed us last year he drew eight fouls against us and uh you know just made play after play down the stretch so you know for Emmanuel I think he had six points but you know you could argue that he was a player of the game for us just because it all started with him on the defensive end when you can push that offense out five or ten feet further than what they do when they're comfortable they're they're impossible to stop so I thought Emmanuel was was key the other guy was Juwan Gary he played a very efficient 
game. He was five for five. Uh, it seemed like he got every rebound yep. for a stretch there. And, you know, he had Shireman, which the way Shireman moved, he's so random in his movement. So it was one of those games we put in a lot of things where we went through their actions and their plays, but it was really more about concepts with this game just because of how random they are. And a lot of that had to do with Shireman. So, you know, those two guys specifically on the defensive end were terrific. And then when Derek picked up that third foul pretty early in the second half, I thought Wilhelm gave us some really good physical tough minutes out there as well so you know just again you say all you you know great games by obviously Derek and Sam you look at the box score and those were the guys that put up the numbers but you know some of the guys that really keyed that win uh, uh, to your point the defensive end uh, you know didn't put up huge numbers but had a, a huge impact on that win how hard was it to keep Derek on the bench when you did that in the first half and the second half I, I mean, you, you had well, to be thinking. You, you had to be. I mean, I know you were balancing fouls, but the way he was playing, that had to be r- just really difficult. Yeah, it, it is because he he was our. We felt he was the advantage that we had on the offensive end of the floor, and they were. We knew they would stay home with our shooters. Uh, what they do with Kalkbrenner, which is you know a great strategy because of their personnel, is they drop him really almost into the restricted area. They chase everything and funnel it to the big, and he's one of the leading shot blockers in the country. Uh, we watched a lot of film on how you try to maneuver. You can't go over top of him, but if you can get a shoulder into his body and knock him off balance for a split second, then you, you have a chance to get the shot up. And that's what Derek is great at, is drawing contact, absorbing that contact, and then going up and changing angles with uh, with his jump hooks and, and with his spin moves around the basket. So when he went to the bench, my message to the team was we got we got to slow this thing down and try to buy time when when Derek's on the bench. And the same thing in the I was trying to get him out of there in the second half, but that first media timeout didn't happen until right around the 14 minute mark. And Derek, you could see it; he was getting a little tired. And then that's when he got that third over the back uh, call. And then thankfully, I don't think he picked up another one the rest of the way. But you did; you saw the importance of Derek with them staying home on shooters his ability to make a play, whether it's from the nail, the top of the floor, or the elbow, to get to the basket and then finish over top of, of great length. And, and he did it against Florida State as well yeah. with their 7-4 uh, kid McLeod. And, you know, that's when I think you saw how much we missed Derek and, and how, how important he is for us on the offensive end. Well, I, I mean, I think you saw it with him at the end of last year, too. It's just, the, there are shots, Coach, that'll go up, you know, when he's kind of driving in on a guy who's bigger than him. That I, you know, I'm like, how did that get through there? And then not only does it – it get through there, but it's almost like he's got a protractor out there measuring angles and and to get it through Calkenbrenner's hands or or whoever, and then to get the 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 layup. I mean, I, I I just I couldn't believe how frequently he would go in and you like, oh man, this doesn't look like a good idea, and boom, it was just a layup like he was uh, had like a six foot two guy against him. Well, and he doesn't do it with athleticism, obviously. And, you know, he just, he, he said it exactly right. He's got, he does a great job of changing angles on his shot, which makes it tough to block. And, you know, again, the, the important thing with Kalkbrenner is you have to get into his body. And that, that's what Derek, I think the first shot he might have blocked. And then after that, uh, I don't think he had another one the entire night. And that was a big thing with our game plan. You can't allow him to affect the game uh, blocking shots because generally what happens is when he blocks it, he does a great job keeping the ball in play, and generally they go down to the other end and convert uh, with a layup or a three. 
It looked to me, and I'm curious what you think, it looked to me that Greasel got a, a bump of adrenaline at the end of, of that game just the way that he played, and he's he's been solid this year, but uh, took up a little bit of the scoring that he hadn't been doing. Just kind of backed, you know, backed Ty Alexander down one time. I think he had Nemhart and kind of did the one thing, and they didn't come over double him, and he just kind of methodically backed him down and found a shot. What I, I'm, I'm just curious what your impression of his, you know, the last 10 minutes of the game and the way that Greasel uh, played and and especially on the offensive end. Yeah, he he, did, he really did take the game over, and not just with scoring, but also with his playmaking. And we did. We we found a, a pretty good formula with him backing down uh, or running a single-side ball screen action with he and Derek. Uh, you know, he hit hit the big three, um, uh, you know, at the end of the shot clock from about 20, 27 feet, which is huge. That's big for your confidence when you can knock one of those down. And then in the second half, those last 10 minutes, we just put the ball in his hands, whether he played with Derek through the elbow, uh, where Derek set a ball screen, or we just cut uh, randomly off that. And then we felt really good that Sam was going to make the right play, and he did time and time again. There's a lot of people saying this, you know, this team has embraced a different style. It's it's an atypical style for what you've t- typically done in your coaching career. Was that is that intentional? Did you come into this season looking at the roster and saying, "Hey, we've got to be more of a, you know, we've got to hang our hat on defense more. We got to be maybe slow it down, a low-scoring team." Was that a conscious decision by you at some point during this offseason? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you always look at your personnel and try to figure out what the best system for that particular group is. And, you know, we've had a lot of different, I've had a lot of different teams over the years and have played different styles. And I think a lot of that started uh, when my second year at Iowa State after we brought some transfers in that had to sit, uh, you know, back in the day. And then we got him eligible and a kid named Royce White, who was a 6'8", about 270-pound uh, freight train. We put the ball in his hands and really just played off of him in a five-out system. And then George Niang, very similar. And then we also had some pretty good point guards there with DeAndre Kane and Monte Morris and some other guys. So it really depends on the makeup of the group. And with this particular team, uh, you know, we just found, I think, we still want to attack. When we have numbers, when we have an advantage, uh, we want to get the ball to the floor. Manuel had, I believe, two really good transition mm-hmm. baskets, which you have to have, especially when you're playing in the Big Ten, to grind it out every possession uh, you know, it was going to be tough, but, uh, you know, Emmanuel, I thought had some good attacks, but then we were very selective and, and that was a conscious effort by our group going into that. You don't want to get into a running game with, with that team, uh, you know, because you're, you're probably not going to survive over a 40 minute stretch, but um, you know, it is the team that we have, it's more methodical. The pace is not nearly as high as what it has been. Uh, over the years, generally for my teams, but you know these guys have bought into it. They've executed. I think that Boston College game was a perfect example. Uh, we didn't play particularly fast, but we did get some transition baskets, most off turnovers, and we shot I think about seventy percent in the second half of that game. So it has been a team that's that's really bought into this style, and we're going to have to continue to do it, especially as we we hit the road this week again uh, yeah. against Indiana. Well, and it's interesting over the last few games. It's like there's been kind of different. Different guys stepping up offensively. Every game's a little different. I mean, it was there's it was the Casey game last week with uh, uh, with Boston College. You had Bandamel in Orlando a little bit. I mean, you've got it, it. Seems like you got five six guys who could sort of be the offensive leader on on any given night. Is that a is that something that that is you know you think is helpful uh, going through the Big Ten season? Not necessarily having to be one guy predictably. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 I agree with you. We have a group that I think is very balanced. We're generally not going to have one guy that is going to be a twenty-five 
yeah. point score, but we have guys that are capable of going off. And it was Casey, you know, for him, I think he had 17 points in the first half the other night against Boston College. And then the guy that really got it going in the second half was CJ, who hit yeah. four threes in the second half. So we do have a group that you have a lot of different guys that are capable. Uh, but when you have that balance, uh, you know, ideally that's, that's in, in my opinion, the best formula to have. So what's it like going, you know, <laughs> going to practice? I know, you know, you, you guys get after it, you work every day, but it's got to be a lot easier, a lot a different feeling to come into to practice and, and get grinded again for another big game after a win like that. And how much can that can that spur you on just that that level of energy, that different feel and taking that into this uh, these Big Ten matchups that are going to be tough ones? Well, it, it is a big confidence builder, and I thought the two games before the Creighton game yesterday were very important for us to win. You knock off two ACC teams, and you know that you can do it, especially the way that we really, uh, you know, kind of put it on them in second halves against Florida State and against um, uh, and against Boston College. So those those were big confidence builders for our team, and now to go out and do it on the road in a hostile environment, knowing you can do it. Uh, is huge. I, I talked a lot about that last year. We lost so many close games, and then you start getting that little element of doubt in your mind as crunch time approaches. So to find a way to make plays on both ends of the floor last night was very important for our team, and hopefully will give us confidence here moving forward. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you hear it, but just from talking with the people yesterday that that are fans of being on social media last night, there's a real uh, level of, of uh, endearment that's between this fan base and, and the way that this team plays and who they are, and so please pass it on uh, from us. I think a lot of fans feel that way this morning. By the way, did you know the water was coming when you came around the corner in the locker room? <laughs> You know what? I had no idea. I I, I had a couple of those in uh, Kansas City at the Sprint Center when we were fortunate enough to win uh, back-to-back Big 12 tournament championships. But I kind of knew it was coming, so I avoided it a little bit. But I got hit head on. <laughs> yeah, they night, did. You know? It wasn't I just it wasn't just the little Aquafina bottles. I mean, they had like a football <laughs> coach style Gatorade bath oh, there. <laughs> it was cold. I'm not gonna lie to you. And you know, thankfully, it was not. Gatorade. I'm thankful for that. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was cold. But again, pretty cool moment for our team. Now we got to put it behind us and and you know get back on a quick turnaround here at Indiana yeah. and uh, and then back and then back in Lincoln on Saturday and let's get a raucous crowd there in uh, PBA to to help you guys along as well. Hey, uh, Coach, thanks so much for joining us. I know you got a busy morning getting back to practice prepping for Indiana. Congratulations on the win last night. Hope to talk to you again during the season. All right, guys. Thanks so much. There you go. It's uh, Nebraska head basketball coach Fred Hoiberg. Glad it wasn't Gatorade. (laughs) That could get sticky. Uh, It's 826. We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. Hey, Jack. Yeah. Next Monday at this time, yeah. we'll be talking about Nebraska basketball's upset of crazy. Oh, it's... <laughs> there it is. The soothsayer... He knew it. He knew it before it happened, and he's not even taking enough credit for it. Dirk Chatlin, right now. Dirk, I don't even know if you remembered it, but you called it. We were. You, you should be gloating. 
let the record show that you didn't believe me. <laughs> I absolutely did not. 100%. Hey, Dirk, I cut that part out. <laughs> Dirk, they were up by 10 with 40 seconds left, and I didn't believe it. So, hey, I mean. Can we just point something out? I yeah. take a lot of pride in being the the uh, expert on Nebraska athletics for your show, okay? Yeah. Uh, on being the definitive voice, uh, the uh, the truth teller. The no holds barred, uh, you know. Yes. Okay. I, I'm sitting here at 8:35, like sitting, walking around my house, nervously pacing, wondering why Jack hasn't called me, wondering if something is wrong. And then I find out that before I come on your show to tell you all about Fred Hoiberg, you are talking to Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> Like, what the hell am I even here for? <laughs> I want you to react to my Fred Hoiberg interview. <laughs> you cheated on me, Jack. You cheated on me. Diff- diff- that's a very different genre of an interview. We, yes, we'll, you know, you're the, you can be the second act one Monday, Dirk. It's okay. It's okay. Is this the, uh, is this the natural progression to just a three-hour sports talk show? Uh, on your on your station at six a.m. Is this where this is going? Days like this, a hundred percent. Yes. I, the nice part about the news talk show is, uh, if I don't want to talk about sports, uh, it makes me in a bad mood. I don't have to, and when I want to, I can. It's the best situation possible for me, frankly. Well, really. I mean, as you reflect on the last what ten days now, uh, to beat Iowa, to hire a new head coach, and to beat Creighton. I mean, yeah. gee, but Chris Listen, it, the last 10 days beats the last seven years. And that's not even, I mean, there <laughs> there were more moments of happiness in those 10 days than there were the seven years before. And that's not an exaggeration. Like, that's legit so, true. I will I will be honest. I didn't catch the Hoiberg interview. Uh, I didn't even know you were doing it, obviously, or else I would have protested. But... <laughs> Did you uh, did you go in depth with him about your level of misery? Did you did you detail <laughs> the depths of despair? I felt that might get a little awkward, right? Because I don't want him to make him feel my interview guest to feel like he's responsible for it. You know, I feel were like you, I feel like I'm crossing some lines if I do that. Were you like Fred? I need to tell you about Texas A&M 2009 <laughs> when Josh Carter hit the three from the corner. To complete an 18-point comeback. <laughs> Fred, let's talk about when Corey Sims had that three-pointer to beat Kansas in Lawrence and why it rimmed out. <laughs> uh, I, I, feel like the, I feel like the whole interview should have just been you telling Fred about <laughs> your Nebraska basketball experience. Forget the questions. Forget anything he has to say. Just, okay, we're joined by our next guest, Fred Hoiberg. Fred, let me tell you let me tell about... You. Let us forget that Fred was even on the uh, listen, line. Listen, next time he comes on, next time I had to get, I had to prime the pump a little bit with him to get him comfortable with me. Uh, since it, had been, I mean, frankly, it had, been, it had been a while since I had talked to him. I hadn't been doing the whole uh, night after a bit. That I mean, that was the thing I always did with Miles. I would uh, Miles would get a big win. I call over there. I was like, "Can I Miles on morning after the show?" We would get him on. So I wanted to try it with Fred. There hadn't been really a reason to do so here until yeah. this point, and yeah. and we did it. Like it is weird. It is, I will say it is weird when you have when you have experienced as much as we have watching this athletic department uh, over the last I don't know twenty years. And like Matt Rule gets hired, and I immediately just have this urge to like send Matt Rule all the stories that I've written over the years. Like <laughs> hey, Matt, do, do you 
I just I want I just want to make sure you're aware of Nebraska's complete failure to recruit in-state kids. Okay, can you just can we can we focus on and and you just kind of have to let them figure it out on their own, right? You already wrote an open letter to him. That wasn't enough. You could have put some attachments on it or something. You know, <laughs> I almost posted it on his uh, on his on his office door, but I thought that might get a little awkward. How okay? You give me your given being in Omaha. You know, having at least uh, probably more awareness of of Creighton than I am, and and having seen them and covering them. Just how unlikely was what happened last night to you? How how big of a shocker was that to you? Well, and the way it went down, especially too. Okay, this is going to sound weird, but I think the bigger shock was was Nebraska rather than Creighton. Okay, Nebraska so Creighton looked really good in Maui. They're, you know, a top 10 team. Uh they've got five. They might have the best starting five in the country or at least as of a week ago that was a, a fairly, you know, widespread opinion. Um but but it seemed to me that they were a little tired. Uh it seemed to me that they were a little bit, you know, in love with their own jump shots. Uh, thinking that they were 2014 Creighton, uh, when in fact, you know, they, they're a fairly mediocre team. And I give Nebraska a ton of credit here. So, so I think that's my way of saying I wasn't shocked that Creighton played poorly, okay? Because Creighton has been playing poorly um, for the last week or so. Uh, I was shocked by how, how poised, how disciplined, and how gritty Nebraska was. I thought that was the bigger shock, uh, despite the fact that Creighton, you know, shot like ten for forty on threes. I thought the fact that Nebraska was as as poised as they were and as tough as they were, you know, I mean, if you really want to boil it down, Jack, I mean, Sam Griesel and Derek Walker were running nineteen eighty three YMCA style pick and roll for the last ten minutes of the game. Dude, I Every just asked play. Fred about it. I just asked Fred about it. I was like, I was like, what was the deal with the Greasel just like backing down Ty Alexander at the end? And he was like, yeah, we just send Walker and him out on the same side screen. I don't know the X's and O's of it, but th- he told me the coach explanation of that, and it sounded similar to what you're describing right now. Jack, I mean, it, it, that was that was seriously like almost laughable watching that. I mean, and the, the level of stick uh to just do that every single time, you know, I mean, I give, I give Fred a lot of credit. Like it's, it's hard. I think for guys who have the, you know, the tactician resume that he does and, you know, to be as sort of the prestigious offensive mind as he is to just simplify a game as much as he did in the last 10 minutes. And, you know, I mean, that's, that was sort of the equivalent of like, Nebraska football fan yelling, run the ball, right? It was like Nebraska basketball, back him down, back him down, you know? And, like, they would finally double, and he'd flip it to Walker for a layup. It was like, what the hell are we watching right now? Um, but but I give Nebraska a ton of credit because you and I and the whole world has seen Nebraska team year after year after year uh, or every other year go into that environment and just absolutely melt yep. deer in the headlights. Even if they're right? good teams. Even if they're good teams, yeah. And and they didn't do it. In fact, they played, you know, they, they really sort of turned it. They flipped it on Creighton and made Creighton feel the pressure, made Creighton feel, you know, sort of the intensity of the moment. Uh, and I give, I give Greasel a ton of credit. I mean, when you go back and watch it, I went back and watched the game last night for the second time. I, was, I did twice. I was, 
<laughs> I was there. In per- I was there in person, but and I'm going to write about this today. But just how hard Greasel worked on on those defensive rotations. I mean, he was just he was flying around the court. Um, you know, they've really got what looks like a, a, a really kind of gnarly defensive team um, when they're playing like that. Now it requires a, you know, they don't have much margin for error because offensively they're just not very good, but, Mm -hmm. um, but man, you got to admire the way that they've kind of found a new identity in a very short amount of time. You know, Oh, so I have so many things that Hoiberg actually had said this quote to me when I just talked to him. He said, we tried to win the line of scrimmage. He said, (laughs) he said that to me. No, he tr- he legitimately said that to me. That's a quote he just said. He said to me like twenty minutes ago, and and he he likened it to that. Which, by the way, is going to be just red meat for the Nebraska, <laughs> the Nebraska fan here at this point. But like, was uh, and and he, uh, I asked, I asked him too. I was like, is this? I mean, is this really like an unprecedented change in your style? And and did you do that? And he said, yeah. I mean, he said this off season, I did. You know, we, but I I always try and adapt to what my style is. But yeah, this is a the different deal. How much of this is about, you know, we, we talk, I don't want to analogize it to football too much, but sometimes we say, well, you got to play a Big Ten style, and Nebraska hasn't been playing a Big Ten style under Scott Frost or, or whatever that it is. Is there, I mean, is there a little bit of that to what's happening with basketball at this point, given your personnel limitations, given what the opponents are like, that this was always maybe the way to go? Well, I think it's hard to conclude otherwise if you don't have uh, a roster of, of you know, if you don't have a different roster, a better right. roster. Which they had NBA players offensively before yeah, that. <laughs> that's garbage, Jack. That's garbage. I mean, I, I've tried, I haven't done a very good job of hiding my disdain for Nebraska's roster over the last couple of years. Um, but, but you know, they they just, it was, it was glorified AAU basketball. And, you know, you can't play that anywhere. You especially can't play it in the Big Ten where, um, you know, we're, we're, it's just a, it's just more of a grind. I mean, get, rosters are bigger. You're always playing against big men. Um, and Nebraska just, they weren't, they weren't cut out to win those games. I think this roster, you know, let's point out this roster is, is still flawed. I mean, I think, uh, I, I've, I've tried to bite my tongue and not stay in this Jack, but, um, I think I'm probably going to finally write it today. Can you imagine if Chucky Hepburn was on this Nebraska team? Oh, Holy geez. cow. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a missing piece there, right? Oh like, man, he's the exact. Yeah, he's the. That's the exact the, mentality. Yeah, he's the exact mentality and the exact skill set and player that they need. Uh, but but no, I think uh, I think Hoiberg, you know, arrived at this point out of necessity, uh, which ironically is a lot of times some of the best uh, ideas that we come up with are out of necessity, right? And um, you know, I think I think the fact that they're much longer. Uh, and, and just physically, I think, you know, stronger um, it is, gives them a chance in the Big Ten. I mean, I still think they're, you know, they're, they're still a guy short in the front court. Um, they're obviously short offensively. But, but when you send them out on the court, they actually look like a Big Ten roster. Yeah. And, and they, they didn't really do that the last couple of years. I know you already said this, and I hate to just go back over and over again, but it, it just was so striking. It feels like in this game, Creighton always has the mental edge, cool, calm, collected. They know they're about to turn it on, and some of the desperation at the end of that game, 
I just it was so uncharacteristic uh, of this game in the the desperation and the frustration and I kept thinking there's no way Nebraska can keep up this defensive pace for the entirety of, of 40 minutes it's just there's no way they can scramble out and just get on these guys shooting threes and run have collectively run five miles during each possession on these things but Creighton when I rewatch it and I'm sure you noticed it too there were probably five times in the second half where Creighton came down on a possession where it was going to be the proverbial hit a three, the roof comes off the place, the game feels entirely different. And it never happened. Yeah. I, like five times and it never happened. Sometimes it was sometimes it was bad luck, sometimes it was good defense, but it was something. And it was just like they were in their, their own heads almost. Agree, agree totally. Uh, and again, I think Creighton is going to have to have a, a little bit of a... Um, you know, reflection come to Jesus moment where they realize that they're not a 40% three point shooting team. Uh, this is not a vintage Creighton team, but to me, the, the, if you really want to boil it down, you know, beside 1983 YMCA pick and roll from 15 feet, uh, the, the fact that Derek Walker could go at Ryan Kalkbrenner, who is, I mean, Jack, this is no joke. Now he's, he's one of the five best defensive big man in the country. People I mean, were saying he was the Big East defense player of the year. I had to look it up because I didn't believe it. Because <laughs> well, Walker scored at will. That's because you don't watch Creighton. Yeah. He's, you can see really, why now. They suck. <laughs> he's he's really good. And and Walker just took it to him. Like, just just hit him right in the chest every time in the, in the way that the coaches always tell, you know, players like that to do. Just, uh, just take it right into his chest. And he was finishing over and over and over again. Uh, I thought that really set the tone for the game, and you know Nebraska was was not great offensively. They, they frankly weren't very. They good missed a million mid range jump shots that they, they shouldn't have over. taken. Yeah, yeah, they just they didn't play well offensively until about the last ten minutes. But but again, it, it was just they 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 hung in it. Uh, they played gritty. They played tough. Uh, they they just did not wear down defensively or lose concentration. Uh, it's a tough template to keep going the rest of the year because I don't know if you can concentrate at that level, you know, every night. But boy, it sure looked good yesterday. Now they find themselves in the NET rankings ahead of Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Michigan that were just released. What a crazy well, world! Jack, you know what's funny? Hoiberg has—he's got like a—he's uh, got like a built-in argument now, uh, if necessary, with the with the NCAA selection committee when they're arguing over number one and number two seeds in March. You know, Fred can say, well, we didn't have our best player, you know, the first two losses of the season. So true. Uh, I think it's it true. should help Nebraska get a top one, you know, a top seed in Kansas City for that Sweet 16. There you go. Record that one, too, just like you did last week. And we'll play that when that actually happens. <laughs> Thank you, Dirk. Have a good day. Sorry you were the undercard today. It won't happen next week. <laughs> All right. Take care. See ya. Dirk Jalen for the Omaha World Herald. It's 855 on KLIN.